Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast where every single week I help you grow capacity, increase funding, and advance the mission of your freelance grant writing business or your nonprofit. We are definitely diving in and really opening the doors today to some great tips from Kim Collier. And you guys are going to love this episode, whether you're a grant writer in a nonprofit or you're a freelance grant writer. Because Kim, she's in the Grant Professional Mentorship Program, and she talks about, from the business perspective, of how she's really been able to get very clear on who she wants to serve, and that has helped her double her revenue in less than six months. And at the same time, she's also been able to align to her values and what her ideal client is, and this is amazing. Kim has more than 30 years experience working in the nonprofit sector. She has been a grant writer for a long time, and she's really been able to write a lot of housing-based grants and secure a lot of money, millions of dollars, um, to really help this sector. And what she realized is, yes, she still wants to work with housing-based nonprofits. However, she also wants to work with faith-based nonprofits. And that decision alone has helped her increase her profitability, has helped her align to her values, and has helped her market. So she's also going to help you all out there. You're a grant writer and you're like, okay, I'd also like some grant writing tips. She's going to go deep and talk about federal grant writing. And what's great about this is she actually says, I actually find writing federal grants so much easier than foundation grants. And she is going to tell you why. And she was going to help with that system today, the system that she uses and how she actually is able to win so many federal grants and why they're so much easier to write than foundation grants. And I completely agree with her. And if you are looking to grow your business, you're listening to this and you maybe have opened a grant writing business for a little while now, but you're just on that plateau. You really wanna grow your clients. You really wanna wake up every day feeling fully aligned to what you do. And maybe you're thinking, well, why can't I work with a niche client that aligns with my values and the cause area that I wanna help? You know, maybe you've been afraid to do that before because you're thinking, if I niche down, I won't get enough clients. What if I say no, I gotta pay the bills. Let's get you in my webinar on September 19th at 3 p.m. So if you wanna figure out how to double your five-figure contracts for your grant writing business with just two to four clients in the next six months and those two to four clients that you love, come to this webinar and I will tell you how to do that. All right, so do join me for this free webinar. And once again, that's September 19th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'm gonna tell you how to double five-figure contracts for your grant writing business with just two to four clients in the next 12 months. And the doors to the Grant Professional Mentorship will open right after the webinar and they will close on October 1st because we're going to prep for our kickoff meeting. We're going to have an onboarding and strategy development. It's going to be an amazing three-hour event um, that you get when you join the Grant Professional Mentorship. So be sure to join. If you've been thinking about it and you haven't joined yet, the doors will be opening right after our webinar on September 19th. But they will be closing on October 1st. So we can go ahead and get you into a strategy call, an onboarding session, and so much more so you can be successful just like him.
you can jump over to the show notes today to go ahead and register for that webinar. And that is at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 286. That is the episode we are on today. And it's also on the website at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash upcoming dash events. So go to either place and you will see a place to register for that webinar. All right, before we get into today's episode, I just want to give a big heart hug to our sponsor for this episode. And that is GEMS, Grant easy management software. If you're looking for a place to manage all of your grants with ease and never to miss a grant deadline again, then you are definitely going to want to get a free demo with our friends over at GEMS. And that is with Rachel Waterman and her team. Go ahead and go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash GEMS. That's G-E-M-S. You can go behind the scenes to see everything that the software has, and it is amazing. It even has a time tracker, so you can track all of your unbillable and billable hours. All of the things that you work on grants, all of the contacts, and a click of a button, you can even get reports showing what grants have been awarded for certain clients over the last year or even longer than that. When do you need to apply again? And so much more. Once again, for a free demo with Rachel and her friends, go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash gems, G-E-M-S. All right, let's get back to our episode today with Kim Collier. Once again, I loved having this conversation with Kim. She's also in our grant professional mentorship and always makes it so much fun. And she just always goes to town. Like even we did a a 10K challenge in 10 days and she rocked it out. I said, you have until July 31st to do it. And guess what? July 31st, she goes, I got a 10K contract. (laughs) I was like, good, well done. So I just applaud all of her work and her expertise that she brings to our mentorship and she's going to bring to you today on this episode. So for all of today's show notes about Kim, where to find her, how to hire her, all of the things, go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 286. Here's Kim. So thanks Kim for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, super excited today. We actually just got what offer one of our mentorship calls yeah. twice a month. So we were like, hey, just saw you a little while ago. Yeah. <laughs> You're back on. It's the best part. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. I love seeing you all the all the things you're doing in your business. And speaking of your business, like I mentioned, you've been doing this for a long time, for a couple of decades at least, and you've been able to secure more than $35 million in grant funding. Um, a lot of the grants you've written for in the past have been for homeless, uh, for you know, HUD grants, those types of grants, service-based organizations. So the areas of housing and homelessness, and you're starting to kind of reposition your business. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, I just want to hear from you and say, what got you into grant writing? What's your, it's always so different. <laughs> yeah, well, it's called the accidental career, as I think many grant writers can relate to. I'm actually supposed to be teaching English right now. Mm-hmm. And I was working nonprofit job. It was a health organization. And the executive director offered me the dream job. It was involved environmental justice, had a little bit of science, education. I mean, it was a data geek's dream. And so she had me and then she said, you'll have to write a grant for your salary. Mm. I had no clue what a grant was. And if it wasn't for, there was a foundation grant manager who she actually took, she fully took pity on me. And because I just kept calling with all these questions over and over again. And she actually was the one who guided me through it when I fell in love with it. Once I sort of had a clue what I was doing, it was just, it was a great mix of my love of, I get to write for a living. 
and as somebody who loves to write, it's just, it's a dream. So yeah, it was accidental career and I've just haven't done anything since. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. 1999, I think. Wow. And it, you know, it's funny because you said like an accidental career, like most grant writers and you're absolutely right. Like every single person I've asked on this show, like, how did you get into it? It was never like, well, my trajectory was grant writing in high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay the course. No. <laughs> It's always like this kind of accidental thing, like you said, and ending up going, oh, wow, I really like doing this. It meets those different points of like, if you love to write, if you have an analytical mind, if you love, you know, helping your community or your cause area for, you know what I mean, to get funding, yeah. like it's so fulfilling in so many ways. Yeah, I can't imagine doing even on the worst days, and we all have those days, yeah. even yeah. on the worst days imaginable, I still can't imagine doing anything differently mm -hmm. because it's, I, I'm just incredibly blessed. I don't have a job. I do yeah. something that I absolutely love and am passionate about. I love that so much. And speaking of that, so you really got more into the homeless and housing situations. Was it because yep. of the, like you worked out, you started at a health organization, but the, that kind of crossed over into that sector? Yeah. It, it, another one accident, yeah. and, you know, the accidental curves of life. Um, I had moved to Florida and was, I decided to take a different approach to, to finding a job at that time. And I decided I created a list of the nonprofits I wanted to work for. And I sent messages to people and to the presidents and coalition for the homeless of central Florida. They just rose to the top. It was one of those wonderful things. And I think when you get into poverty alleviation, housing, homelessness, it just something like that is just so incredibly meaningful to me personally. The need is great. There are so many nonprofits doing this work and there's, there's, we've made so much progress, but there's so much more we can do. Mm -hmm. And so for me to be in that, in the thick of it with nonprofits in that area, it's, it's really meaningful. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, it is. And it, you're right. I mean, you can see like direct results, yeah. you know, from those sort of things, especially with, you can see like, oh, this number of clients you know, that were homeless before now have homes because of this grant, this thing that I did, right? This project I worked on. So it's, there's a direct uh, result that you can see an impact, which is really cool. And you can always see spectrum. that with a lot of grants. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a spectrum. You get to see, yeah. especially when you're involved with housing and homelessness, you see the full continuum. Yeah. And I work with people, organizations who are assisting people who are at risk of experiencing homelessness, who are um, experiencing homelessness all the way through um, who have, you know, sort of built a foundation and now they're ready and they're going into affordable housing, you know, mm -hmm. so it, it's like the, the full spectrum and being part of the journey is just, it's, it's amazing. I, I, love that. It's, I, I just love what I do. <laughs> yeah. We were like geeking out in the green room because like we mentioned things like HMIS and like HUD and like, oh yeah, I'm like, I know that world too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely a very specific niche within yeah. the world of grants, but um, it's out there. So speaking of that, let's go ahead and transition quickly into our, like, take some time to look at, you started, that's your background, housing, homelessness, all of that. <laughs> But as you're opening your business and operating your, your business as a consultancy, you kind of started this year, you had an epiphany. Can you share what that epiphany is? It's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had one plan, got had another. Mm -hmm. um, I started 
um, I'd say about a year ago, just really being intentional in terms of the direction I was going to take the business. And just one day, it was just, I just, I just really felt pressed on my heart. You know, God said, you know, values-based grant writing. And this, that's for me, is, and for me, that was something that's just very personal. And so I have made a shift to working with, um, primarily with faith-based organizations that uh, most are still involved in services. So they are service-based uh, and a lot housing, still in the housing area. Right. But it's something that is it, it's a journey that I did not expect to be taking. You know, again, mm -hmm. I had one plan, but I, I'm embracing it because mm -hmm. it's just, it's something, not only am I doing what I love to do in terms of writing, I'm helping the organizations that really align with who I am as a person and it just it mm. makes it, it just on a personal level just it just raises that level of impact um mm -hmm. it, just when I thought that the job could not get any more meaningful to me it's just it's gone to a whole new level I love that I love that so much and I've heard that from so many people like when they really press in and what their intuition is or where, where they really feel grounded and like you said value-based um, it just takes their business to an entirely different level. Yeah, because definitely. It's, yeah, and I know that's one thing in the mentorship program we do in the beginning too, is what are your values, right? Do your own SWAT for your business, do your own mission and vision yeah. and, and really lift out your values and what success means to you, right? To be, to be able to say, how am I going to lead this business? Because if we don't yeah. do it from there, eventually we're going to burn out. Eventually it's not going to be fulfilling, like all of those things, right? So if yeah. we do do it from that centered place of values, then we, we're really excited about our business. Like you are right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. You know, I'm running on fumes. We're mm -hmm. getting ready to submit a, a federal grant tomorrow morning. And yet, you know, I'll wake up on the next day and I'll be like, okay, ready. Okay, I'm ready to do it again. But people um, don't, I think what's, I think many people don't realize is that they have that choice. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I think it, it's, there's the mindset of, you know, you become a consultant and okay, so then you, you, you market, you look for business, you, you know, develop a client base, but somewhere along the way, the part of the values in that we, we spend so much of our time working on being mission aligned with or, you know, our organizations that we're working with, making sure they're mission aligned without checking ourselves. Oh, and nice. if, if you don't check yourself, then it could be even worse than burnout. You can end up doing something that just isn't true to you without, before, without even realizing it. Yeah. But if you have that compass that you create for yourself, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's easy to say no, because yeah that this is who I am, this is who I, you know, I choose to be, mm -hmm. and, you know, how I choose to stru structure my business, and it, it has actually made this past, as crazy as this past year has been, it's made it easier for mm -hmm. deciding whether or not to pursue working with somebody. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so not just only, like, yeah, just easier because you're going to be, like, more comfortable and at peace with yes. what your business is doing, but also, like you said about saying no, um, mm -hmm. I also think you can actually, some people think I'm scared to do that because I might not bring as much income in. And I always say, no, that's actually the opposite. Like when you sure. really 
focused and you align with what you want to do, then like now your marketing, like we talked about this, right? Like now your marketing can include more things about faith-based organizations. And when faith-based organizations come across your website and looking for a grant writer, they're going to resonate with you more because you have like those images or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's like, and you're talking the language and all of that. So I actually- And it's genuine. Yeah, and it's and it's genuine yeah. from that place. But it can also be lucrative, which is nice as well. You can actually yep. walk into abundance with that. So that's Absolutely. really cool. Have you found that in your business once you've kind of repositioned a little bit and been more like in your values and- Yeah, my, my business has just blossomed. But a lot of, and a lot of it has to do with the mentorship program. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the friendships that have formed, you know, at the beginning of the year, you start off as colleagues and then, mm-hmm. you know, you just form these friendships because there are people who speak your language. They get you, they know, you know, they understand and being able to partner with some people who, um, who just, it, it just works really well. It's it just, the abundance has taken, it's, it's just gone to a whole new level for me. I love that. I love yeah. that so much because I know you've been partnering with people in the mentorship and working on, yeah. on different uh, uh, projects together. Can you kind of talk yeah. about that a little bit? Yeah, I am. Right now I am working with, um, gosh, several months now with, with an, um, one of the consultants in the group. And she has a client who's in the housing um he's saying industry, but they're, you know, housing, affordable housing. And it was just a great opportunity to bring together our two skill sets and really uh, team up to give great service to this, to this client of hers. So I've come in as I'm a subcontractor with her Mm -hmm. and it is, it's just been, it's been a dream because again, when, even when you work as a grant writer in a job, it's very rare that there are more than, that there's more than one of you. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like mm-hmm. you have a development department, there may be two or three people, but then there always just seems to be one grant writer. One grant writer, yep. yeah. Also, so what, yeah. yeah, exactly. So to be able to be, to have that partnership and just to have that person who not just gets it, but who's in the thick of it with you, um, it, it it's really nice. And I've worked on uh, one other project. It had to do with um, regenerative agriculture. I just, it, so it was a whole new area for me and I just loved it. I loved every minute of it. Um, but it's, it's the chance to grow together with people. And that, again, it, 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 it's not how we're, we're trained as business people to think, you know, yeah. but you grow together and the businesses flourish together because there's so there's more than enough work for everybody. Yeah. And it's, I think there's a, there's a, a, a reassurance for clients as well. When they see that there, when there are two people who are teamed together to, to deliver a great service, yeah. I, I, I imagine that's got to feel good from their perspective that's like wow two people now you know it's like woo extra extra service absolutely and you can bring both of your bios and your background of experience to the table and I like to think of that like from a buyer's perspective they have so much more like you said they're just going to be more relaxed about that they're going to be more confident in that because 
there's two different bios, there's more um, experience, yes. there's, they know that it's going to be managed if one person's sick, the other, per whatever that is, like from those perspectives, right? So I love that you've been able to find subcontracting jobs under in the mentorship from other people that are in the mentorship. Oh, yeah. I love you guys working together because it's always- Yeah, and it's not happening. unique. I mean, yeah. we, we have, we're all crossing and um, working with each other and partnering with one another. And it's, there's a baseline trust that, yeah. again, counter, not what we're taught would happen, but you have a group of people who are just willing to say, this is who we are. You know, this is, we are here to learn, to grow together and to be part of each other's growth and each other's growth journey. And I, yeah, I just, it's fun. I, I, I knew it was going to be great. I just, there were, there are no words to describe how much better it, yeah, just totally it. blows it out of the water. Yay. Yeah, because you've been in now, I guess, about half a year only, and you've already been able to get jobs. And you just did, you reached your, we did a 10,000 challenge in July. In July. So yes. you got to do a you know, short but sweet. You got to put something together and make 10K in one month. And you did it. I love it. On July 31st, you're like, secure. July 31st. <laughs> <laughs> July, July 31st, but, it, and that's the, but that's another thing with the support too. I mean, support from you at the, um, the Slack channel that, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's there, there are, the support isn't limited to just, you know, us getting together, you know, our meetings every other, every other week mm -hmm. um, or twice a month, rather just having that support where there is that win and, you know, everybody is celebrating each other's win. And yeah, that's just it. It's like July 31st. <laughs> yeah. So I love that you put it in there. So yeah, we definitely have this Slack channel where you can interact throughout all the time. Right. So it's, not oh, like and it's great. Limiting. Yeah. And it's all different areas. I think you've got eight, eight or nine, eight yeah. or nine different areas in there. Mm -hmm. And people participate it, and that's yeah. what's also neat too mm -hmm. is that it's, a, it's our own little community exactly and I love that because yeah we have a channel just for wins and I love seeing those always light up and people are like that's where I got awarded or like you know I reached the challenge goal like all the things and then people celebrating each other and lifting each other up and I love it because everyone in there is a grant writer but we're yeah. not competing we're saying, how do we collaborate? And you guys are actually getting more work when you collaborate together or when you encourage one another or you refer one another. Like there, like you said, there's more than enough work in the world there right, is. For, for grant writers. So. There, there's Our job is hard enough as it is. And to yeah. it, the end, for me, at least for me personally, the energy that is involved with trying to, you know, put up the wall and competing against you. I'm not going to talk about you or, you know, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to do it on my own. It's just too much energy. <laughs> For me, it's just way too much energy. Um, and it, yeah, I would much rather be surrounded by people who are going through what I'm going through. And we're all in different stages. I mean, we, in career wise, yeah. Um, we have some people who've just started out. We have some people who've been doing this for a while, um, different uh, special specializations. I mean, that is so rich in and of itself because we each bring something a little bit different and that we can learn from one another. Yeah.
Yeah. There's always some great, you know, even today oh, yes. it was like, oh, how do I do a renewal contract? And it was like getting really good feedback from other people in the program that have done that before. And they're like, oh, okay, this might be an idea on how to do that. Or this is, you know, something I did for strategic planning or whatever. And yeah. it's so good to hear those different inputs and those voices. So everyone can be like, oh, okay. And then they can share as well. This is something I did in my business yeah. that was really successful. And yeah. This is what worked or else this is what really didn't work. <laughs> Don't do what I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those are just as valuable as the, you know, the, you can yeah. learn from. Yeah, it's like. Here, just avoid this. Don't do this. I made this mistake. Yeah, don't, don't. I don't recommend. <laughs> so yeah, so um, we're going to be talking about your points on grant writing in just a minute, but let, just close up the section on the mentorship because I love hearing all of the the impact it's had for you and your business, especially. Yeah. So, what would you say is one of your biggest takeaways from the mentorship so far this year, and what and what you've experienced? I would say development of systems really becoming more efficient mm -hmm. and um it just you've done it you've you're successful and you're sharing that information you're sharing the resources you're sharing that so that we're not beating our heads against a wall you know you, you you're giving us best practices mm -hmm. and that is invaluable and that is why my business is really really shaping the way it is is because it's okay wait a second i've been doing this like this for this many years but mm -hmm. this would be easier this would be more efficient this would be more effective <laughs> and automating and things of that way so i would say hands down just really starting to develop systems okay. or what is it you say um there's no no piece no piece in your business without process, process? Yeah, oh, sorry. I wrote it down. You said it. You said yeah. it tonight, and I, I wrote it down. It's like, like that is so true. That is so true. So true. Yeah. If you don't have those processes, if you don't have them systems, like there's no peace. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't get that peace. And a lot of people, why they want to start businesses, one of the one of the drivers and the values behind that is to create a more peaceful life, to create more joy, to create more flexibility. Yeah. Right. You can have that, but you can easily not have that if you're not intentional with it. Right? Oh, definitely. Get in and drive and churn and grind and all of that very easily as entrepreneurs, right? We're very A-type in a lot of ways, what many of us are, right? So yes. we can go down that tunnel and forget our intentions. So, but if we have those processes in place, it's going to create yes. peace. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And also you, you're, I mean, obviously you just were able to get a 10K, you know, win, <laughs> challenge but you've been able to make your right your investment in the program back um just through mm -hmm. that win by itself but in other ways have you also been able to increase your revenue by raising your rates or other things within the program oh yeah um just having the confidence to to charge what i'm worth and you know it's one thing to know no i should say it's one thing to know it's another thing to believe and through the mentorship program, finally being able to know and believe together, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing. It really is. It's a lovely concept. Um, so yeah, I've been able to uh, double, actually no more than double in some cases, what I charge and really transitioning more to project-based. Nice. Um, yeah, I think that also has helped because yes, tracking, 
we need to track hours so we know what we're spending our time doing mm -hmm. but the the days just get so crazy and not having to obsess about okay wait did i spend this five minutes doing this or did i you know this 10 minutes doing that just really being able to be in whatever the moment is mm -hmm. and yeah my gosh i want to say I probably want to finish this year almost doubling what I made last year. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. and that really is and it's it's Oh truly, my gosh, I give me chills. <laughs> yeah, it's truly it's tied to the mentorship. It's tied yeah. to you know, if you there is abundance when there's more than one. Yeah. You know, and I I I understand, you know, the whole team thing isn't for everybody. I get it, you know. That's I get it. But for people like me, it's, it's what makes me drive. Yeah. I love that. And, and you know, it's funny too, because a lot of us are actually introverts. Um, a lot of the people uh, have a mentorship. Yeah. And it's not like they're like, woo, like extroverts, but there's something about this team that makes it feel safe. This collaboration where they can really open up and, and be accepting of having support. Right. So it's really good to have that as well. But I, yeah, I love what you said. You gave me chills. So you're, you're doubling what you made last year. Yeah, I'm you're pretty sure. Yeah. I'm, I, I might even be more than that, but I'm pretty sure right now I'm at, at least going to double. Yeah. And on top of that, you're also starting to narrow down with actually doing more of what you're really honed in with your value-based. So yeah. not only have you changed your, your clientele a little bit, you know, you've really been able to align it with your values while doubling. So I think that speaks so many volumes to what we said before. Some people may be scared to niche down in what their values are, but you're just a testament to say that, no, yeah. it can really, you, it can work, right? It's scarier to be general. I, I mean, yeah. I, I know people, I, I think there's, there's the belief that being a generalist is the easier way to go. And for some people it is, I, you know, I, I get it. For me, definitely not. I I'm, I need to be able to. I I can't. I I cannot do health and arts and you know. I, it's just like when I look at all the different areas, is I I, I like to just have be able to have that one area because for me, I could. I feel like I can deliver more value, right? And I can actually. So when I'm doing research, I'm not researching several different areas. I can just, I know which, where to go for data. I know um, what studies to look for. If I see something that comes across, I can, I, it's just, for me, it's, it's much easier than trying to do all different areas right. um, at once. So people do really well at it. I'm just, I'm just not one of those people. Yeah, I see it, you know, and more and more it's like, as you, you know, your business evolves, sometimes you, in the beginning, some people are just like, I'm just going to take whatever work comes to me and that there's a time and a place for that. But I think eventually you really want to understand how, what do I, who do I really want to work with? What things do I yeah. really want to learn? And, you know, and, and really being involved with in, and then that way, you know how to market better as well. You know how to, you know, you have more research that you can do because you're like down this rabbit hole of this cause area that you absolutely love. And you have all of these things and you can be really strategic when you're talking to those types of nonprofits because you speak that language, right? And you're also good at, at from making business decisions on who's a good client. Exactly. Because it, especially if you're in a concentrated geographic area, 
you know very quickly when you're in a certain when you're when you're in that niche area you know who you know who you can go to you know who to kind of steer clear of i think it just it really doesn't even if you are across the country or you're dealing with clients across the country because that's where your mind you can recognize the writing on the wall because you know that you've seen this before with this particular you know it could be you know, a, coal, a homeless coalition, or it could be this particular a church group that has this particular ministry. It, they have, you just, you can, at least for me, I have an easier time spotting it because mm-hmm. I've been in it now for a while that I can right. see where things might go and make yeah. better decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. And and even just your, for your time, like we had mentioned, we were talking about HUD grants and yeah. we talked about like the homeless coalition. So if you get HUD, HUD grants, sometimes you have to, for certain ones, you join a community coalition of different groups and you go yeah. to the meetings and all the things. And that's a big part of your time, right? But if you're all of a sudden doing all of that, you can really be keyed into those types of nonprofits and knowing that kind of trajectory, like, oh, you apply for this one. Are you part of a coalition and knowing all the steps that's involved yeah. and, and really have an expert hat in that certain area. And that can actually open up a lot more clients and even like individual services you do for that specific client, right? So it's really interesting to see it can actually open up more work if that's really what you want to do and specialize in, in kind of like go down into it, you know, even be like, I'll help you with HMIS. But it's a big data system, but um, yeah, it's definitely like, there's all the nuances, right? So yeah. become specialized in that you understand those nuances. So that can be yeah. very helpful. And I think you could be a better consultant too, because you know, we talk about HMIS and it's like, we all, you know, kind of do that little, little. <laughs> no, please, no. Um, but it's, you're better able to give advice yeah. to clients, yeah. you know, it, it, when you're dealing with the service side of things, it's so easy to focus on the outputs, Yeah. you know, some, you know, this many clients, this many guests, I did this, but when you're when you're working with enough of the organizations, you can draw examples from what's worked with with one and maybe what's not worked from from another, and really guide them to better understand the why mm-hmm. and, and the impact. Mm-hmm. And I just think that just being able to be really good at that area does that mean that I'll I'll never do anything other than, you know, housing, right. you know, I would get bored, mm-hmm. but it's just, it, it's just something to be able, it's a, it's a service that it's a level of service that I believe that I can give clients and just, I've, I personally have been there because I worked as an employee in that mm-hmm. sector. And then as a consultant now on that, on uh, you know, that different side of things, now that I've assisted so many other different nonprofits, bringing it all together mm-hmm. and really just helping them. And that's where the, you know, the, the teacher, this, that's why I love the consulting part because I can, mm-hmm. I can finally go back to being that teacher, um, you know, just really being able to be there and guide and um, provide some pointers about, you know, you might want to do this, might not, things like that. Mm-hmm. I love that because that also goes back to your business and how you were saying that you went back to the value-based 
component of it. And that's the same thing you're doing for nonprofits is helping them get back to their why, right? The whole like reasoning behind that and really the values as well. So that's really cool that that's tied together. It, it's fun. Yeah. 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 I love that. So, um, so love seeing that all the work are in your, in your business, seeing the impact from the mentorship, but also, you know, what you bring to the table as well as for clients. So you're definitely looking at, you know, you have a lot of experience, as we mentioned in writing grants and running the, your business. And now you're really positioning it to also open up for faith-based organizations as well, as you mentioned. So your experience is really in the service-based organization world. And can you just give us some tips then? So some grant writers listening out there, um, you definitely gave some great business tips about niching down and all of that. But what about some just general grant writing tips that we can pull from all of your experience, um, you know, and how people can be successful in writing grants? Uh, people always think I'm crazy when I say this. Um, government grants are much more fun than not, than, than private grants. <laughs> Yeah. No offense to any foundation people. people Sorry. No so scared of federal grants and government grants. Yeah. And I'm always like, but there's like, I don't, they just have like a clear instructions usually. Yeah, it is the rubric, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, even the one I'm working on um, that I'm working on now, there is no rubric. It's a mess of a nofo, but there's still, there's still a roadmap. You yeah. Know, there's still the roadmap. Um, I, I think for, gosh, for guidance, it's, make a personal connection or attempt to make a personal connection with funders. Mm -hmm. One of the very first things that, that that grant manager taught me, she I just remember her her sharing her frustration about how so many nonprofits would treat um, she felt like she was being treated like an ATM machine. Mm, so you yeah. know the nonprofits would come up you know, money. money then disappear. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, and she, she, I just remember. So it's like these, these early lessons yeah. um, that have stayed with me. And it's just so true because, um, you know, do you want somebody calling? How, I mean, how do you feel if you're eating dinner and, you know, the telemarketing call comes in, you know, it's like, who are you? Why are you asking for money? You know, yeah. things of that nature, you know, that we live in such an age where the, the first inclination has become you know send the email do this do that and i'm not saying don't do that but don't lose sight of that personal contact because grant writing is just as personal as development and you know other fundraising we just happen our conversation just happens to be mostly on paper yeah you know but it's still it's still that conversation so i think for that um follow follow the guidelines um it it, it just had this conversation today with yeah. my client um the novo says not to do something so what do they want to do they want to do what it says not to do yeah um it if the guidelines say don't do something don't show do the it. respect and don't do it yeah. <laughs> you know, listen and do what they say yeah yeah, yeah. Do, yeah. do what they say, do what they say. um and professional development, I can't stress, I cannot stress that enough. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes people will say, well, should I have a degree in, you know, in, because I know there, uh, you know, all the different nonprofit management programs and things. Mm -hmm. And whether somebody goes that route or not, at the very least, stay, stay up to speed, because I know that there was a time in my career 
where I was like, well, I don't need that. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been doing this. I'm successful. I don't need that training. Mm -hmm. And then, as, you know, one of those, uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> because how do you think you got successful? It's because you went mm -hmm. to the training. Mm -hmm. um, so that I would just really, really encourage uh, people to, it's, you wouldn't think that best practices change, change mm -hmm. but there are, there are enough yeah. changes and there, 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 there's, just, there's just this world of growth that's yeah. out there and you just have to successful, not successful, you know, newbie, veteran, doesn't matter. It's, mm -hmm. you know, the day you stop learning is the day you, 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 your success rate dies essentially yeah. because yeah. you're just, you're static yeah. with that. So, I mean, those are really, I mean, those are big picture mm -hmm. type things and I love that. Find what you love. Oh, I, something we, you and I have talked about, if you are a grant writer and you are in a service area, get to know the impact of what you're writing on the program people and the people who are actually delivering services mm -hmm. because, you know, you know, again, with how, you know, with HMIS or any of the data tracking, whatever has to be done. When we write, we're so focused, our impact is so focused on the, the clients or the guests mm -hmm. and the community and things like that. But we, we lose sight of the people who are delivering those services. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what we write, the, the, the opportunities we pursue, um, outcomes that's like, oh, well, just write this. Well, what's the, what is, who, how is that going to affect somebody? So I would really encourage people to just realize that everything that you write, it doesn't just impact the target audience per se. It also impacts people who are working with you and next to you every day. Yeah. And that's, a, those are important things to know, like, and even to get feedback from them and to bring them into a work prep room when you're saying, okay, these are our objectives, our goals, like mm -hmm. do you have feedback or input on this? Because those are great people who know like, well, that wouldn't really work or that's a little too ambitious <laughs> or, you know, because they're, they deal with it every day, right? They're in that, they're in that space. So I love always inviting them to a grant writing portion, right? A session while we're writing grants because yeah. that way, you know, but I, I love these points and I love, you know, even when you talked about building relationships and you first kind of said like government grants or you like them better than foundation or non-government grants, but, you know, a lot of people think, and we talked about this in the green room. So I think it's so funny because they think I, I can't build a relationship with a federal person though. You know, if it's a federal grant, it just kind of goes out into the ether where a foundation feels like a little more warm and fuzzy. So I should be able to develop easier relationships there. And you and I were kind of like, mm. <laughs> actually with federal grants, they have to list the program officer. They have to list a phone number and an email, right? And you have contact with that person with so many foundation grants. What I've seen is don't solicit us. They, they keep the decision makers behind gatekeepers. They, you know what I mean? It's harder to actually have conversations. So we kind of talked about that, but can you just share as well your thoughts on that? Because I think it's such a myth. <laughs> it, it really, it really is. I personally think a government grant is the easiest grant in the world to write. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Is it long or are there more pieces to it? Absolutely. But 
there's usually a guidepost. Um, but yeah, the, the conversations, and it also depends to the, the different, the, the dynamics between a federal, a federal government application versus state and county in, in some of the local municipalities where you can build the relationships because they want, they want you to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that it doesn't matter whether it's government or a private foundation, there's still human beings who are reviewing. Yeah. And so it's the same questions apply, the same connection. Now, can, when you're actually in the throes of writing the grant, can they provide you in-depth insights? No, because, you know, trying to keep everything, you know, fair, mm -hmm. but it's, they give so much, I, I just personally, if I have learned more through grants process that have been government grants processes, and I've been able to just, I know that I'm sparing the review committee some grief because yeah. I was able to actually have those conversations with a project officer, a program officer, mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, and it's nice being able to submit something knowing that I'm at least sort of on track, right? As opposed to like, am I? Am I not? Yeah, because yeah. they can say in the FOA and the NOFA, the RFP, like, yeah, we this is our priority, and you might have a project that you think really aligns. But when you talk to someone beforehand to say, hey, I'm going to be submitting this grant, is this kind of in the purview of what yeah. you guys are funding? They might say, you know what, it is. However, we're not funding um you know vehicles aren't eligible and we didn't have that in there so your whole thing of getting a bus to whatever like you know you're gonna have to rethink that so even it's if so it true. sounds so on point I always will call or email or contact the project officer and just say hey we are applying and this is what we're gonna do just is it on target you know, just to get that feedback, just to kind of hear. And like you said, they can't give you all the details, but they can definitely let you know, like, you know, that I think that would be a good fit, you know? So yeah. like that, and that's so valuable. That will help. Especially when, say, you, nope. yeah. <laughs> and especially when they get into salaries and things like that. I mean, when you start getting into those areas yeah. uh, and you actually something else for advice for um, grant writers, start with the budget. Mm. oh that's good that 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 is my good. rule and every time I don't follow that rule I end up with rewriting the narrative <laughs> you know it's just constant rewriting and rewriting <laughs> yeah if you want to know if you are grant ready you know especially with a government grant go straight to that budget page because if you cannot if you cannot detail a budget you're not you're not ready yeah so yeah. Does that mean you won't be ready two weeks from now? That you may or you may not. But if you start with the budget, let let that drive the narrative. Yeah. Because yeah. that that is reality. Because by the time most most writers get to the, the by the time they get to the budget and to the goals, just fried. <laughs> you yeah. Know, with all and the research funny. and everything. Because in FOA, in an RFP, they always have the budget last. It's always yeah. last, no matter what. But you should never do a grant writing linear as far as following the application. 
don't, yeah. like you said, and that's in our grants formula too. We start with, you know, figure out what the needs are, figure out your problem statement, your goals, your objectives, your budget, then you write, yeah. then you write the narrative because then you'll have something to write. If you just start trying to answer questions in a linear fashion, you're going to have to rewrite that sucker so many times. And like you said, you're going to be so burned out by the time you get to the budget that you're just, you're not really, gonna, and you're going to be probably like ready to submit the day before. <laughs> yeah. If you did it that way, you're up at 2 a.m. All right. Writing that budget the day before it's due. You don't want to do that either, but you're going to set yourself up for that. And then you're going to miss numbers and all of that because you're just oh, not gosh. alert. <laughs> <laughs> and then you enter, ask the sustain, you know, the, the sustainability question. By the time you get there, it becomes the one paragraph. Yes, we anticipate having a diverse funding stream consisting of contributions, foundations, and oh, we'll throw sure. maybe an event in a car wash. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, we will sustain it. Therefore, this will be a sustainable. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yep. That is. And, you know, and as a grant reviewer, I've been a grant reviewer for so long too. I can tell when that happens. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, they started strong. And, you know, <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. And that's what, you know, it's funny. Grant writing from a technical standpoint really isn't that hard. It really isn't. The art is. You know, you you have the art and the science, the art part, yeah. But it, it's, I think, because we spend our days so much with words that numbers sometimes get like, yeah, you know, it's a number. But it's it's critical, yeah. Because yeah, it's what you're talking. <laughs> just thinking of a recent application that I worked on. It you talking about multiple rewrites knew it was going you know it's like you could see it's like you know the the child who's reaching the hand for the hot stove you know that kind of thing is like you know what's going to happen mm -hmm. and it's like watching them watching the, watching the client do it watching them do it yeah, it's like yeah. it's not gonna <laughs> and sure enough you know 50 versions later um because they it, it's like now you understand why i said start with the budget <laughs> yeah it, and it's important and because you are asking for money here's the other big yeah. You're asking for money, you guys, right? So you got to have the budget nailed because they do need to look at that. And, and to understand that a budget numbers, like you said, like a lot of us, you have your English, you came in and you're like, I should be an English teacher right now, but yeah. I'm not. Like a lot of us come in with that English and as a grant writer that really resonates with us, but don't be scared of numbers. Numbers are exciting. Like I always find so much excitement in the budget. I used to be like, oh, I don't like watching writing the budget. And then I learned how to write a budget. And I was like, I love it because this means it's going to fund this mission and this is how it's going to do it. Like I can see yeah. the direct correlation. So I'm always like, I love writing it. And I love that budgets tell a story. Those they do really tell a story, right? They do. So they, and you wait, you're going to lose that opportunity to tell a story in a powerful way, right? Yeah. You're back in and we're asking people to invest. It doesn't matter if that investment is a thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars. We are still asking somebody to invest yeah. in our mission, yeah. and I, I, it's on us to mm. to demonstrate the value that, that that we have that yeah. has. And plus, again, it's you know, government grant. They give you that nice little cute little form. You know, mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. here you go. <laughs> 
with the instructions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's the things I never thought I would be excited about budgeting and data. The two things I swore in life I would never be excited about now at this end of my career, that's all I'm excited oh, yeah. about. And logic I'm models, like three things, those three things. <laughs> I love it. So this is awesome. Thank you for giving us these tips um, and sharing behind your business. I love that, like showing us the doors, you know, opening the doors for us. <laughs> Um, and just congratulations on that as well, like doubling your income and maybe even more than doubling it in the year because yeah. the year's not over yet. Um, yep. but amazing. And just by really aligning your values, by being able to implement systems that are tried yeah. and true and creating more efficiencies and having fun and creating fun relationships and collaborating in the process. So congratulations. Oh, definitely. That's so awesome. I just love that so much. And then thank you also for these tips. Amazing. Yeah. So don't be scared of federal grants. Don't be scared of government grants. Like actually maybe take some relief in that because there, there's more instructions. There's more mm -hmm. opportunity to be, to form relationships and start with the budget first that can really drive the success of your grant. So thank you so much. Um, so I know people are going to want, oh, go ahead. No, I said my pleasure. So I know people are going to want to reach out to you and ask questions. Um, you have your grant writing business as well, Como Solutions. So really excited about that. Um, where can people reach out and find you? Best bet. Um, they can uh, email me at kim at comosolutions.com or they can find me on LinkedIn. Those are really the, the two easiest ways to get to me because I love it. They're I the two it. places I'm guaranteed to be during the day. Either my nose is in my in you know, in the email or you know, LinkedIn. <laughs> I love that so much. So yeah, definitely um I'll have the links as well in the show notes so you guys can jump over there and easily link. You're also on our hire a grant writer page on our website mm -hmm. at grantwritingandfunding.com so people can find you there as well. Um yeah, so if you're definitely if you're a service-based organization, specifically if you have homeless. If you, uh, you know, serve homeless communities and faith-based communities, definitely tap on Kim. She is definitely going to be able to help you out with your grant writing. Um, absolutely love this. You have so much experience you can bring to the table. So please reach out to her. And I'm so excited to have you in the program too. Oh, thanks, Holly. Love this has been fun. Yeah, this has been fun. <laughs> All right. So anything else you'd like to add before we close out today? No, I just, I'll give a, I'll, I'll a plug for the mentorship program. I cannot, I cannot recommend it. I, I really can't. It's, it's amazing. It has oh, just been, it's, it's been, a, it's been fun. It is just, I don't think as a consultant, you realize how alone it mm. can be, especially in the, as a grant writer, until you are around others mm -hmm. who have the same, just have the same, they just want, you just want to grow together. You, I don't think, I, I didn't realize how isolated the consulting experience was until now being around a bunch of people who are just, they're just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. Oh, I love that. No, you're not lonely anymore. Not, no, <laughs> I love it. Have a tribe. I have a tribe. Thank you. <laughs> you sure do. And thank you for all the value that you bring to the mentorship because you bring a ton of value and everything you offer in there as well. So love that so much. So yeah, thank you again. And we will have you back on the podcast. I'll see you in the mentorship program. Right. Thanks, Alex. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode with Kim Collier. Definitely so much fun and she brought so much value to the table. Once again, if you want to hire Kim, if you want to check out other show notes, all the things from today, go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 286. And if you love this podcast, please, please do me a favor. Leave a review on your podcast player. That does help other folks find the podcast. And I also want to give a shout out to 206 and 804 who left a review on iTunes. And they say, Ali brings exactly the right mix of energy and expertise to this field which can sometimes lose sight of the motivations that inspire us to write and win grants to support amazing missions worldwide. Thank you so much, 206 and 804, for that beautiful five-star review. So if you also love this podcast, please do me a favor. Just take a minute to go to your favorite podcasting place and go ahead and leave a review. That does help other people find our podcast. All right, I hope you have a beautiful week. See you next time.